Hi everyone and welcome to Training for Life Redeemed. I'm Dan, I'm here with my father David Jackson. We are coming back to look at some Psalms today. Uh, we have been looking through the theology of the child uh, and now we're coming back to Psalms, Dad. And I'm excited to dive into Psalm 58 with everyone. Now, Dad, Psalm 58, can you set any kind of context for this Psalm for its original place or do we just kind of not know much? We don't know much. <laughs> it's it's in with a set of David Psalms, um, but there's there really is you know it's a David Psalm, but there's no context for it. So you've sort of got to go through the life of David and think when did he have a problem with justice? <laughs> uh, so there's a few occasions for forty years of yeah. his life. <laughs> yeah. We should probably read it first. We should. We should. We'll dive into reading it. But if there's context before reading it, that's always yeah, good. That right, will let's be good. let's listen to you read it, Dad. Psalm 58. For the director, don't destroy a miktam of David. Do you truly speak the silence of righteousness? Do you, sons of man, judge uprightly? Indeed, with anger in heart, you do injustices in the land. You weigh out the violence of your hands. They're criminals. They're estranged from the womb. They go astray from their mother's belly. They're speakers of falsehood. His venom is like the venom of a serpent. He shuts his ear like a deaf cobra that doesn't listen to the voice of snake whisperers, even to the cleverest charmers. God demolished their teeth in their mouth. Yahweh, pull down the jawbone of these young lions. May they turn to liquid just like the waters. They're out for themselves. He fits his arrows the same way, let them fall short. He moves like snail slime, like a woman's miscarriage, they don't see the sun. Before your pots feel your bramble thorns, whether kindled or flaring, he sweeps it away. A righteous one rejoices because he sees vengeance. He washes his feet in the blood of the wicked. And man will say, surely the result is in favour of the righteous. Surely God is there judging on the earth. All right, Dad, so the psalm starts there talking about you who are people, because it says here in your translation that they're plural, so I'm yep. cheating a little bit here. Yep. Uh, truly speak the silence of righteousness, uh, sons of men judging uprightly. So it seems to be having a go here at people, which must be yes. humans because it's plural, uh, who are judging and generally not doing a great job of it. That's an understatement. <laughs> so you're looking at, I mean, there's the judge, justice of God, there's the judgment of God, there's the word of God. So we've got truth, we've got right or wrong. It's absolute. It's the way God designed life to work. So we're doing training for life redeemed. And that builds on the idea that God designed life to work and to work perfectly. And then we come along and we redesign it to do it as our way. So you think of how many different ways in our society we have decided God is wrong and we can redesign life. And then when people don't go along with our redesign, we appoint judges to censor them and punish them and silence them. So we talk a lot. We're in a world at the minute that's um, it's confused, to say the least. Uh, you're looking at, uh, on the right, you know, the political right, we've got all the people um, saying ridiculous things. On the left, you've got a bunch of people saying even more ridiculous things, <laughs> and neither of them are right, and there's God's judgment, and where do you go for justice? Uh, so 
David, I mean, this is 3,000 years ago, he's got the same problem. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing new under the sun. And he's looking at the judges of his kingdom over which he's supposed to be king, and he's saying, look, you lot, (laughs) you've you've just screwed up the whole country. Um, And I like the language that he uses. I'm I'm reading off the screen, but... um, do you truly speak the silence of righteousness? And that doesn't make any sense in English. <laughs> um, but if you stop and think about it, the silence of righteousness, the idea that these people would be silent when it comes to real justice and truth, mm. uh, and instead they're speaking all this ungodly stuff and judging on the basis of their own imagination. Um, and they do it, he says, with anger in heart, you do injustices in the land. So there's this, we live in a, a culture of outrage and offence and, you know. Yeah, and vengeance. And vengeance, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, we're living, <laughs> without getting into the politics of it, we're in the middle of a referendum. Yep. And the <clears throat> language that's getting exchanged from one side to the other uh about what is justice and what is this and what is morality and uh, people are just making uh, there's who's morality who's right or wrong and when you don't agree with me my response is just to blow up and get offended um, this is the society David lived in three thousand years ago nothing's changed so how do we speak to God when this impacts my life and so is that what David's going to do here then, because I'm just looking at the language and how it changes. So if this is David saying, and he's saying, do you, do you, and then he's going to switch over now to a they. Yeah, so he's Uh, speaking to the judges in verses 1 and 2 who are doing the wrong thing, and then he turns to the congregation or to the people of Israel or whoever will listen, and he he talks about them, those judges. So he's not necessarily directing that at God and saying... No, no, no. These people over here are criminals, gods. You know, yeah. They are estranged from the womb, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to convince a crowd, basically. He's basically saying to the crowd, look at these guys. So first, I mean, it's a biblical thing. Before you criticise anybody, you speak to them. Yeah. So you judges, this is t- you're stuffing everything up. You're throwing your tantrums. You're doing the whole thing wrong and destroying life. You've broken it because you're trying to redesign God's world your way. That's not going to work. Now he turns to the congregation and he says, they are the criminals. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful statement about judges, um, the people who set up your justice system. They are the criminals. And he's going, oh, I, I just love his description of these people. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, if you've ever suffered the injustice of courts, um, it, it really is horrendous. Uh, I mean, for people, you've you got to stop and pause and think, where do Christians suffer injustice from the court system? Uh, let me start with the divorce court. Um, you, you go to a divorce court, you've got a, a domestic violence man on your hands, uh, usually men, could be women. Um, and you know, we've had some experience of this as an extended family. Uh, so you have the domestic violence husband who does everything under the sun to hurt his wife. Uh, 
including, you know, coming in and stealing the firewood, stealing all of the tools in the house, uh, just reducing her down to absolute poverty and everything else, takes the mortgage on the house that they own and borrows hundreds of thousands of dollars on the mortgage that she is now liable for and he doesn't pay, doesn't pay taxes, charges that to her account. All the injustices of that system. Um, then when they go to court, takes, leaves her with all the debt. The court doesn't care who does whatever. They just split it down the middle 50-50. Uh, and he racks off with the business and leaves her with all the debt. Um, the next thing you know, the taxation department's on her. Uh, and it's all lies and it's corrupt. And he's got the lawyers and he's got the accountants. And here's this poor woman, absolutely devastated. Uh, you go to court with sexual assault issues. Mm. You get a 5% conviction rate. Uh, and, you, and you're talking child sexual assault. Uh, and the, the community's outraged. And the next thing you know, he's released because we're there to rehabilitate the offender. If I go down to the level of school teaching where you and I have operated, um, I'm, I'm appalled at what goes on, uh, even in schools where every effort is made to look after the well-being of the bully. Mm. We're trying to rehabilitate the bully. You can't expel people. You can't suspend them. You can't deal with them. You can't deliver justice. There's got to be a process that goes on for God knows how long. And then at the end of the day, the kid that's getting bullied ends up leaving the school to go find somewhere else where it's safe. Um, I've, I've, I've watched cases like that. You have too, I'm sure, mm. that are just dragged on forever. And it's... I, I've handed <laughs> I've handed a few school principals Ecclesiastes eight eleven, which I translated here somewhere. Um, Ecclesiastes eight eleven. Um, their order concerning evil, a destructive act, isn't put into effect quickly. So you've got this long process. Mm -hmm. The heart of the individual becomes confident to do destructive things among themselves. So the cops arrested a girl, um, a teenage girl, who had knifed a boy. Um, so we're having these knife attacks at the minute. And her line to the cops was, you can't do anything to me, I'm a child. Take me to the children's court. There's nothing they can do. I'll get, a, get warned and rehabilitated and you can't touch me. So in our culture, where that's the level of justice. Look at how he describes the judges. Um, <laughs> they go astray from their mother's belly. Yeah. Right? So from, from birth, these judges have got it wrong. They speak falsehood. Full of venom. They're full of venom like a snake. <laughs> deaf cobras. You know, you can't, you know, a, a deaf cobra, a snake charmer could yeah. charm, but not these clowns. Um, you know, they're, they're, there's, there's this other description there I like. Um, yeah, he, he's going to call on God, okay, break the teeth in their mouth, their ability to punish. We want to break that down because they're punishing the wrong people. Um 
but then they turn to liquid. So when you bring justice to the court, the judge just goes to water. And the process he describes beautifully as uh, he moves like snail slime. <laughs> I mean, he summarised 3,000 years ago what we're seeing, isn't he? I mean, how long does it take to get a conviction? The mm. cases in court for three years, five years, you know, millions of dollars are spent and the end result is nothing. Um, well, someone just gets to take a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this last phrase that you were talking about, verse 9, before your pots feel your bramble thorns, this is hard to translate, whether kindled or flaring, he sweeps it all away. So you're trying to get the fire, you're trying to get the process going, uh, you're trying to bring some heat on evil, and poof, it's all gone in the blink. Hmm. So what do you do with this? Well, you call on God, don't you, and tell him to come and put things the right way? Isn't that generally the way Psalms work? <laughs> yeah, but but do, what do you do when God doesn't bring justice in our lifetime? Well, you're thankful that he brings it in the next life. Yeah. 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 So this brings us to a very difficult part of singing a song to God in in praise or worship or whatever you want to call it. A righteous one rejoices because he sees vengeance. So for the Christian, there will be joy in seeing the vengeance of God. Yeah. And this description, he washes his feet in the blood of the wicked, that's really a description of Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, there's passages in Revelation, aren't there, that talk about Jesus being up to his waist in blood. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, I mean... You don't go to church and sing, <laughs> and you know, imagine singing songs on a Sunday morning that says, "Oh, we're looking forward to Jesus wading through the blood of his enemies." Um, where does that fit into the Christian life when we're out there to evangelize and forgive and extend grace and all the rest of it? Mm. And and there, there's our problem, isn't it? Here I am with people who do terrible, terrible things, and. God, in his grace, saves some of those people. But what do I do with the fact that, meanwhile, all this injustice is happening? Uh, where's the other side of that penny? Yeah, I think some of this, too, comes in play when you think about uh, the paradigms through which everyone looks at the world. And you think, like, a lot of people will see that and go, yeah, we can't talk about Jesus in that way. Like, he's not like that. Uh, and... They talk about we tend to water down sins mm. and go, well, it's not that bad. Uh, but when you take a biblical perspective on sin, sin was bad enough that we got thrown out of the garden, death came in. It's bad enough that God has to send his son to die on a cross. To pay for and it. we're going to sit there and go, it's not that bad. Like, yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's us having... A incorrect paradigm through which we're looking at, yeah. at the world. And we, and we end up saying, and this, this is where I come to, we sit in a world of, of injustice and wickedness, and it's and that's okay when you sort of, you know, you've got a job, you've got a life, and everything's going along smoothly. But what do you do when that evil hits you and you are hurt, you are outraged? I mean, I, I think of of the women in my family who have been sexually violated, uh, particularly. I mean, I've had aunts and cousins and everything. 
Um, we won't go into who who, but when you see that happening and you see the hurt, and you go, "Where is God in this? Where is God in this?" If all we ever talk about is God's grace and forgiveness and redemption, it's as if we've forgotten that there is this the evil of evil, the rottenness of it, the damage that it does. And and there's there's part of the gospel is these mongrels are not going to get away with it. Mm. God is going to deliver justice. There is a thing called hell. Uh, and let me describe hell. Hell is not all that mythological nonsense, you know. Mm. Uh, in the Middle Ages, there were torture chambers and all those sort of things, and people imagined hell to be like a medieval torture chamber. It's not the Bible picture at all. Hell is where all that's left is you. Just you. No light, total darkness, no contact with any other anything. Not persons, not things, not nothing. Just you. Solitary confinement in the dark with no way back for all eternity. That's hell. So death is separation not annihilation, conscious, alone, for eternity. So you think anything in this life is bad, <laughs> jumping jumping out of this life without Jesus is going to make it worse. Uh, and the judgment that God is going to bring down on these people is that they're going to live with what they've done alone in the dark for eternity with no way back. And from that, we have been redeemed. So I can, the only way I can let go of my hurt and the evil that's done is to recognise that God is going to deliver a punishment on that that's bigger than anything we can offer. These judges that are doing injustice themselves will be in that cell uh, with all of that guilt on their head uh, along with the victims that they will never see. Mm. Um, meanwhile, the, what's the last line of this thing? Surely the result is in favour of the righteous. Surely God is there judging on the earth. If there is no justice, if there is no judgment, if God isn't there, so if we turn around and say, well, I'm going to blame God, you know, I've suffered all this injustice, I've ditched God, what did you win? Not much. You want a world where this is normal and this is okay. There then is no justice and there is no hope. Um, so God has come into this. He's delivered the justice. But in the meanwhile, we've got this song to sing that says, bring it down. Bring it down. Well, now that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed this and you want to grab the notes to go along with this study. <laughs> enjoyed? <yeah. laughs> oh, if you... Learn yeah. stuff from this. If you, you yeah. know, uh, come on to slash 121. Yeah. Uh, so they're the numbers, and you'll land on a spot where you can get the study notes for this psalm. And yeah, hit the subscribe button, come back and join us again next week. We'll continue to look through psalms. I presume we're doing Psalm 50. What do we do? 59. 59. Yeah, I was yep. going to say we did 58 this time, didn't we? So 59. Look forward to talking to you again then.